Hello, welcome to Safe Inside with Dr. Steve McKinney and Francie Robertson. Today we are going to have a, a guest with us, an interview uh, that we, we just conducted, and I think it re went really well. We're, we're, we're trying to have a lot of different perspectives, and uh, one of the things that we wanted to try to do, and he was right here available, so we took advantage of it, is we wanted to have a student's perspective. And so today we did a, a, we did a short interview with Garrett Dickinson. Garrett is an intern here at Inside but he is a high school level intern and uh, he goes to Florence, uh, Florence City Schools, Florence High School. And uh, Garrett is a, is a very intelligent and, and, and wonderful young man. Um, and we realize, of course, that he has a, you know, probably more exposure to school safety in a lot of respects than a lot of other people because he's here with us. But his perspective, I felt like, was really good. Yeah. And uh, I think is uh, pretty, uh, for lack of a better word, pretty typical. I mean, of, of what uh, most students I've talked to about school safety, what they think, what they've been told, uh, just right along the same lines. Even their, his, um, his attitude about it and the experience, you know, because a lot of times they will relay just like he did about um, what their fellow students, um, you know, I guess you'd say that – their perspective or their you know that oh well most of them was not paying attention you know that sort of thing and and that whole i mean there is an element of that that's just you know being young of course uh but and you can't you're not gonna get around that but there's also um, a component i think of well that's not gonna happen here i tell you what you know when the, the schools that i've been out to and then the uh, assemblies uh, I remember one in particular over at uh, Decatur, we had 1,400 students in one room. And some of the, uh, the administration, even beforehand, were really anxious about it because they thought, you're never going to be able to hold their attention, you know, that sort of thing. But in that setting and then in others I've done, were several hundred at a time. That's the one thing that I've been very um, surprised at myself is how attentive the students seem to be about this subject and this generation. Um, they, in each of these settings, it's, you got 700 kids in a room and they're completely focused. I could see their eyes, I'm sure there's those wanderers out there among the eighth graders. But my point is that they are very interested in this subject. And it is obvious that they are willing to listen and to take in what you're trying to tell them. And so many of them, I think, um, are hungry for it, sure. literally, in the sense that um, they have some vague understanding. But it was even, talking to Garrett here, is surprising to me he had not heard the term run, hide, fight. That's probably the one you know, strategy program that we think about is just universal. Like everyone has heard it by now, but that's not necessarily the case. Now, one thing that I, I did also, you know, I say that um, about uh, it, it can't happen here. And, and we combat that attitude everywhere. And it's starting to change. But you also think about last year, the, the shooting that occurred shortly after Parkland in Texas. You know, I saw interview after interview where the kids would say, well, we knew it would happen eventually, right? 
We expected it to happen. We just didn't know when. And that, see, that's, that's too far the other way, obviously. And that's, that's just heartbreaking. It's scary. And, and having said that, if I think if you have a group who ha- makes those kind of statements, that even more so, they need to understand what to do. That's the critical element is you're, you're, you're 100% right. The scales are removed from these kids' eyes. So what does that mean for us? And I believe that it means that we have a responsibility to make sure that we provide the technology and the tools and then the ability to leverage those technologies and tools and execute them at all levels. And, and that's one of the things that, that we are constantly talking about to people is, yes, do your plans, build your plans, but now disseminate the information. And once that information is disseminated, make sure that there is a, a more than just a fundamental understanding, an executable understanding. Absolutely. Uh, when you've got a classroom full of ninth graders that say, uh, Miss Jones, if we have an incident, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> That's a tough position to be in that you don't want to not have the answer for. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, and so when I stand before students, I'm encouraging them, just like I told Garrett, asked your English teacher, yes. if we had an incident in this classroom, to, because it's time for us all to take ownership of this thing and the students to know what to do, have some trust and understanding that the teachers know what to do, that the rest of that staff and that the administrators understand how important it is when you're building a plan to reach out and build the partnerships that you need to gain the knowledge. Maybe that you, you know, you weren't born with that knowledge. So reach out and gain that build the tools, the infrastructure that you need, and then teach it to the people who are going to need to know it in the time of crisis. This is a a really good interview, I think. Um, I think you will really enjoy it. And we hope to hear back from our listeners. Um, You know, please let us know if there are things that you'd like to hear, interviews like this, folks that we need to talk to and perspectives we need to capture. Um, We're we're very interested and eager ourselves to expand this collective and uh, have the, the tough conversations. So thank you again for listening. And here is our interview with Garrett Dickinson. Okay, welcome back. We are here today with a, a new guest. Uh, and, and as we had talked about in some of our previous episodes and some of the things that we're trying to accomplish is we want multiple perspectives. We want a lot of different people uh, seeing things from different angles to incorporate into these conversations um, because school safety as you will, if you don't already know, and as you listen to Prancy and I over the coming weeks, months, years, um, you'll, you'll learn that it is a community effort. And it genuinely is about building a culture. And that culture involves everyone, top to bottom. So uh, we want to try to capture all those different perspectives. So Prancy Robertson is here with us again today. Um, and my name is Steve McKinney, and this is Safe Inside, Conversations on School Safety. Today, also, we have our interview, uh, E, 
with us. His name is Garrett Dickinson, and Garrett is an intern here at Inside, but he is a high school intern. He's with a, a program that has been started in the Florence City Schools area, and he is our very first high school intern. Um, and Garrett has both a, a prodigious mind and, and a good heart. Um, he's an incredible young man. We're very fortunate to have him. Uh, and we asked him if he would mind coming and just talking to us about this, the high school students' kind of perspective of school safety and some of the things that he may or may not have been exposed to. Uh, we, we recognize off the bat that Garrett's probably had a little more exposure to <laughs> things with school safety than many, uh, many other high school students. But um, his, his perspective is still very valuable. And we want to tap into that and try to understand some things. And so Prancy and I are going to ask him about what he sees, experiences, understands, what he's been told, um, you know, just kind of walk through several of the things. And I thought uh, I'd let Prancy kind of take it and, and really ask him some of the questions that we typically do in some of our scenarios. Just take it from that perspective. There is no wrong or right answer, and there's definitely no fault to Florence City Schools uh, if, if something is not known. What we want to do is have frank, honest conversations about what we are trying to do to keep our students safe and involving them in that culture. So, Pronsi, if you would. Absolutely. Garrett, appreciate you so much and what you do here for us. Thank you. And uh, it's been a pleasure working for and around, around you here. And, you know, we've been, um, far as from our training aspect out there, we're trying to do a lot more uh, educating administrators, teachers, the staff that's in the schools about the importance of involving everyone in school safety. Uh, you know, for many years, someone made a great plan and yeah. put it on the shelf somewhere. Or in our case, they've got it in our inside platform, an electronic version, right? But the question is, who really knows that plan down to your level, at the student level? And so I would just, we just want to talk a little bit about your perspective uh, to date. Uh, and you're, you know, obviously you've been through elementary school yeah. and middle school and now uh, approaching the end of your high school years. Tell me, over those years, what have you been told about school safety? What's the type of things that you've been uh, talked to about? And uh, just your perspective on how, how we're doing. And again, it's not necessarily about giving a grade plus or minus to Florence, yeah. but your experience in general, uh, even from friends you know in other schools. What, what do y'all know about school safety? So, kind of from a student's perspective, the school safety uh, just concept in general I feel like we're kind of the like the last people to know like in depth about school safety or at least the the procedures for okay. you know responding to certain actions like for example you know students when we hear some sort of um, like announcement go over the intercom we are now going into some sort of drill like we're we're not exactly concerned with the fact that this is a drill we're concerned with oh hey we're getting out of class like we don't have to you know keep taking this test or anything like that okay. and it's more of kind of a in the back of our minds like we don't really think about it at all um generally in the beginning of the year a uh, teacher will go over maybe 10 minutes of like where you go what you need to do in case of an emergency for like you know maybe a fire or an active shooter 
and then it's just not really talked about ever again. Now we may have like uh, school assemblies in mornings after some sort of big event that's happened in the news, and it's kind of like an after the fact mm-hmm. of when something's already happened, then everyone finally gets kind of concerned about it. And so then we kind of haphazardly make some sort of announcement about it to try to get ourselves all back up to speed. Mm-hmm. And so that's more of a solve the problem after it happens rather than trying to prevent it. More and, of a reactive yeah. than a proactive sort of making sure that everyone's part of what's going on exactly. ahead of time. Yeah. And, and that's not, um, I don't think that's unique uh, with most people's experiences I've talked to. Mm-hmm. So what we've tried to do um, I know it, uh, when I was at Decatur is we uh, talked a whole lot about, and there, there's a lot of, uh, when you talk about those procedures mm-hmm. and knowing exactly what to do in the classroom, um, we've talked about for many years that you would be surprised at how many mm-hmm. principals or administrators we talk to that if you actually get to drill down into those questions for them, how little they know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, they have a you know, a good overview, yeah. don't get me wrong. But if you start asking them details about what should this teacher do or this custodian in this situation yeah. or this student, uh, they have to think about that a little. So then you can imagine there's a step removed from that to mm-hmm. the teachers yeah, and what they know. And sometimes I'll get the same kind of really the response you just gave us is that, well, we usually hear about this at the beginning of the year. Uh, we'll hear about it after some critical incident. Mm-hmm. But even then, if you drill down with them, what does your classroom do? What have you been told? It's surprising how many of them are a little bit confused and uh, awkward about the feeling of it, right? Yeah. Now, it's even more so when I come to you guys. Oh, yeah. Right, as the students. So what we're trying to really emphasize, I hear, uh, even with, our, with the WIC training program, for instance, mm-hmm. is to make sure those administrators know what they're doing, train, you know, building a plan in general, who all they need. And part of the, what they need, and we talk a lot about this, is involving the staff and the students, as especially once that plan's done, mm-hmm. but as the, it's progressing, so that everyone is on the same page about what we're expected to do. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I, one thing we've done is we've been coming uh, all the way down now to doing student assemblies mm-hmm. in some of the school systems that have brought us out to do that. Yeah. Do you think that would be beneficial to you and your classmates, and would they be receptive to? I know you talk about you've done some assemblies and things before, yeah. after like Parkland or something. Yeah. But how do you feel about having someone come in and say, "Okay, here's giving you more specifics about what your role is"? Yeah, I think a student assembly would be great, but I think it kind of needs to go a little further than that okay. because especially from a student's perspective, we all hate assemblies because we're basically kind of, everyone moves into the auditorium, you mean you don't really want to be there, and then you have to listen to somebody, you know, speak for about 30, 45 minutes, and it's just, it gets boring. But I think if we had kind of a classroom structure, like, you know, everybody kind of got split up into a class, and we, the whole class was like just for one day out of the entire school year schedule, Mm -hmm. just kind of devote that day to having individual classrooms where we talk and we discuss about school safety and what you know the students responsibilities are I think that would help I think that would be a lot more effective than just having just a general assembly granted it would be a lot more intricate and would have you know need a lot more planning and a lot more people but I think the message would 
definitely get across more than just an assembly. Okay, and I agree with you because we've talked about this a lot, is that from a training aspect, you know, people, they're only going to be able to do what they've been trained to do, right? Yeah. Okay, so most of the time when we talk about um, procedurally what to do, whether it's a, a weather emergency, mm-hmm. a fire, or in, you know, an intruder alert, active shooter type situation, and we talk in very generic terms, mm-hmm. right? To where we come say, well, you should do something to protect yourself. Yeah. But I believe you're right. It's where we need to come down to the individuals, to mm-hmm. smaller groups, yeah. and be able to talk to them. And what we're encouraging through our training is that the staff become a big part in that, mm-hmm. where that every teacher, you know, we have that overall assembly. Mm-hmm. It gets everybody's mind working. Kind of working towards it, yeah. And then I encourage, like in those student assemblies, I would say to you as a student assembly, here's what I want you to do. The math class, you're about to go in here. I want you as students to ask your teacher specifically, what are our procedures if we had an intruder alert right now in this mm-hmm. building, if we had a lockdown? What do you want? Because it's different for every classroom, right? Yeah. Compared to the cafeteria, or the gymnasium, or the auditorium, or those individual classrooms have all got their own nuances. Mm-hmm. So would that be a help to you if that teacher was able to communicate even with you in individual classrooms? They know what their plan is, mm-hmm. what they've been taught, and they get on the same page with you guys. Yeah, definitely. And and that's really obviously what we're encouraging them to do. And uh, it's good to hear your side of it, okay? So tell me if there's anything else you can think of that would even would help us to expand on that. Do you, do you feel like, let me just ask you this, do you feel like each of those teachers right now know enough to have that sort of a one-on-one discussion with you? I think most teachers would be able to have like that one-on-one conversation. I think there would be some teachers that would kind of need a little help, Mm -hmm. like uh, with someone else to kind of help explain it, or just to help explain to them in general about what to do and how to react in an emergency like that. But I think most teachers should be, could be able to have that one-on-one conversation Mm -hmm. with their students. And you know, we've taken (coughs) this thing down where we're really doing a lot of detail. We want you to know things. Mm -hmm so that you can make decisions yeah and the, you know and the best way to do that I feel like because we do this you know over the years training police officers is we give them scenario type incidents right this is what's happening these are your options to react to and I know have you heard the general generic term out there the run hide fight uh, no I have not never heard run hide fight no really okay so that's interesting yeah, yeah. That's, that's very yeah if um, what, in general, if there was an intruder in the building, can you kind of walk me through what your perspective is, what's well, supposed to be? And, and let, me, let me take a step even further back than that. Let's, let's say that you, as a student, see someone mm. oh, outside goodness. the building. You just see someone. They're getting, uh, they're getting a, a rifle out of their car. Okay. So if I, if I were to see somebody, I would instantly try to tell some sort of teacher, some sort of adult. Like, that's my first go-to, like let somebody know okay and then I would I mean I think obviously I would tell my friends but I don't want to cause like some sort of panic but instantly just tell an adult get like anybody who is near to like know that there is a danger like coming to the school okay and let's say you walk up to um, I mean the first teacher you see mm-hmm. uh, is Miss Jones just for a name yeah. all right you approach her what would you tell her hey I just saw somebody outside it looked like they had a gun uh, this 
this looks really serious. What can we do about it? Okay. What do you think would be her next step? I think her next step should be to, because they, they all carry radios, so I think then just, you know, call an SRO or something like that to kind of scope out the area or kind of go ahead and start taking preemptive measures to get everybody in, in lockdown okay. and get just preparing, you know, for anything to happen. Okay, and when you say preparing for lockdown, what does that mean to you? What are you doing? Where are you going? Um, letting SROs know that we're about, you know, this is real. We're about to go into lockdown. Letting teachers know that this is about to happen. Just kind of overall getting every, everybody in, in the know. Okay. So everybody, the knowledge, spreading the information that something is happening. Yeah. As quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Is there usually an announcement made or something? With drills, yes, we have announcements. Uh, like our principal will go over, well, yeah, our principal will go over the intercom and announce, uh, we are having a active shooter drill. Go into your positions. And then everyone will go into positions, and then, of course, somebody will come in, kind of yank on the door, knock, make all kinds of noises, and then about five minutes later, everything will be back to normal. Okay. And that's and that's typically that's sort of the thing we're hearing around that, uh, you know, not just in uh, your system, but in uh, Alabama in general mm -hmm. and across the nation. Uh, most of the drills are you're in your classroom minding your own business. There's a, an announcement. Mm -hmm. We take their procedures. And usually that's, and just tell me if I'm, you know, if I say something that's not something you've heard, but mm -hmm. normally it'd be door locked or closed and locked if it does. Yeah. Lights off. Mm -hmm. Pull the blinds. Yes. Move out of, sort of out of the line of fire, if you will. Yeah. You know, find a, I guess you'd say out of the way of the door. Yeah. Correct. Um, those type things. Who has told you about those in the past, or what? How did you learn that information? So, it's kind of sad when you think about it, but that kind of comes from just our generation of kids going through elementary school, mm -hmm. because you have um, kind of where most of the stuff kind of really started, like Columbine. We were either not conceived yet, or we were just newborns. Mm -hmm. And so then with our generation, they're now kind of instilling the, if this is what happens, this is what you do. And so it's kind of like a automatic response. If, mm -hmm. you know, if there's an active shooter drill or, you know, if there's a fire or something like that, we know kind of preemptively what to do. See, and that's where some of that concept I mentioned to you just a minute ago, the run, hide, the fight. Yeah. It's kind of like run, in other words, get away from the problem. Yeah. Okay. But run sometimes can have um, all sorts of meanings to different people, right? Yeah. And I think sometimes when we hear the word run, it kind of gives you that, you know, my granddad used to use the term run like a chicken with the head cut off. Yeah. You know, in other words, I'm running, but I really... Yeah, don't know where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have a plan. So the run has to be more where that you understand that if there's an issue, where are you, it's more move yeah. than run, right? Yeah. Move to a safer location than where you currently are. Mm -hmm. Then the hide is that put something between you and the bad guy. Yeah. And that's where we talked about the closing the door. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, creating firewalls, if you will, or barriers between yeah. you and that threat. And so that makes sense. I mean, you, it makes practical sense. Uh, we use move secure. Mm -hmm. I like to use better though. And the reason for that word, and just tell me if this makes sense to you, is then under move to a safer place, then secure. Yeah. In the sense of, and I explained the difference between cover and concealment, mm -hmm. those kind of things, you know, that police talk, right? Yeah. But uh, there's a difference in, you know, you can, you can hide behind a piece of paper mm -hmm. and it'll conceal you. Yeah. 
but covered. But it doesn't. It doesn't protect you. Bingo. Yeah, that's the word. It wouldn't protect you against a blast or against firearms or anything like that, or yeah. even somebody with a machete or a ball bat. So you want something that gives you, when we say secure, gives you some protection from whatever that threat happens to be, right? Mm-hmm. And then last, you know, they use the term fight. Usually, it's run, hide, fight. And what would that? What would the word fight mean to you? What would that sound like? So fight kind of sounds like basically fight against them. Mm-hmm. Like try to defend yourself. Like, you know, they're attacking, so attack them back. Yeah. And I think realistically, unless you're an SRO or you're a teacher with like a concealed carries uh, permit or something like that, that's not really an option, especially for students, because you're not supposed to have, you know, firearms on campus. You're not supposed to have knives and stuff like that. So we're just kind of like... They teach got y'all our, not to be fighting anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, we've got our fists and that's about it, but they've got a gun and that's, yeah. we're kind of not uh-huh. exactly on even ground there. So if I use the words move, secure, how about protect? Yeah. Does that make... And that, from my mindset, it, it means, you know, you've, you've gotten to a safer place. You've done what you could to, you know, put a barrier between you and the and the bad guy, and that can yeah. mean barricading too, right? Pushing yeah. desk or uh, anything really that would harden your position. Yeah. And then the protect, going to the fight, not necessarily fight, because I think sometimes when people hear the term fight, they think about, as you said, going after the bad yeah. guy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and that's really not what we're, we're talking about. If we're in a, we have moved, we have secured, we have done everything we can. Now that bad guy is going to continue to press upon us. Mm-hmm. He's breaking that door down that we created. Yeah. Shooting through that door. Comes into the room where we're at. The protect is that you have a right to defend yourself. Yeah. Last resort. Yeah. Whatever you can put your hands Anything on. that's around a me, chair, yeah. A uh, yeah. uh, yeti. The, yeah. That yeti, you know, tumbler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, Just though. Chunk it, yeah. Any, anything that would help. And, um, you know... Even though we talk about there's some tactics out there they call it like the swarm. Mm-hmm. You're a pretty good-sized guy, okay? <laughs> and I imagine you've got three or four buddies that are similar size, right? Yeah. But even the three of us right here, if one person came in the room in an, a, that heavy of an attack mode, yeah. and, you know, well, the Flight uh, flight 97 with, uh, or is it 96? With 93. 93. All right, I'll get the number right in a minute. From 9-11. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard the story? Yeah. You know, where eventually they said, let's roll. Yeah, we got to do something. We got to do something. We have no other choice but to do something to stop this. And so if we're going to do that, that's kind of where we're at. We could swarm that person Mm -hmm. and do what we can to stop the, the, the critical incident that's happening, right? So is that something you think students would be receptive to even hearing at that point? I think, I think most students would be receptive to it. Of course, you'll have kind of the couple people that, don't really, they don't have enough of a, don't care enough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or they just like, oh, this is, you know, the same old, same old kind of, you know. Yeah, it's uh, not taking it seriously. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Take, not taking it seriously. Well, and I, and I get that. But I think the overall, if we got everybody sort of on a team concept, this is what we try to get the message out, I think, overall, too, is that all of us are a part of school safety. Mm-hmm. And... For instance, if there's some threat out there, you're probably going to hear about it as a student. Yeah. Among other students, before your teachers would. Oh, yeah. Or before your parents would. Or before the administration would, for sure. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. And I want to ask you if you agree with this. Mm-hmm. I believe it's so important that we all 
be a part of and conscious about our surroundings yeah and about knowing what to do with that information that you saw that perceiving a threat and then knowing what to do with it you oh, agree definitely with that? yeah and 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 a lot of times i think right now it's just a matter of educating to the point that you're you know it's easy for you as a student to say hey what's the principal doing to protect my school yeah all right but my question would be what are you as students doing to protect our school is it your school or it's our school yeah exactly and that's the key that hour yeah it's where we begin to take ownership of school safety and that's what we're trying to do it's a lot of it's a lot of the talk out there nationwide right now so having said that do you think students will be interested in being a part of protecting our schools just like their teachers and administrators are I think initially you'll have a good 70 percent and then I think it'll people will start to realize that this is this is in you know this new generation we need to basically all work together it's either we all stand together or we fall absolutely and I appreciate your thoughts today and spending some time with us here it is huge you know it's, it's huge I think for us to get the different perspectives whether it's from those administrators the teachers and the students because we all are in this together and we've all got our role to play of course yeah appreciate you very much for being here with us and uh, to helping us to, dis- to discuss this. Thanks a lot, Brendan. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Garrett. We really do appreciate the time. Uh, Garrett's got to get to class now, though, so we got to say goodbye to him, and uh, we'll, we'll pick back up on another episode shortly. But uh, thank you again, Garrett Dickinson, and uh, we will see everyone very soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Safe Inside, a production of Inside Incorporated, the school safety platform.